You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to this fabulous Friday, first Friday in September. Got a great show for you guys because I get to do a deep dive with my girl, Cynthia Brothers from Vanishing Seattle. She is in the building. We're going to be talking about the things that uh, maybe have vanished, some things that are staying, and she'll give us some good scoop on what's going out there in the city. So I'm really excited that she's in the building. But of course, it's the top of the show, so it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. You guys will find me there. Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. We're on all of the platforms. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to everybody who's been a guest on The Day with Trey this week. It's been a great week kind of coming back from from celebrating my dad's life. And I just appreciate all the love that's been pouring in throughout this week. And it's a great uh, way to bring in the month of September. I saw a little bit of rain this morning, but I think the sun is speaking through the clouds. So I'm glad that that's happening. Also, you guys heard a deep, deep message yesterday on the Commercial Tenant Improvement Fund. We are keeping this message alive because we want you guys to apply. You can apply for up to $100,000. Um, the Office of Economic Development has in invested $1.9 million into this fund. And they said, look, if you're a new business, if you're an existing business, if you're looking to occupy commercial space or already have commercial space, there's a wide range of ways that you can utilize these funds. So make sure you guys go there before the deadline coming up next week, September 8th. Um, you know, go there, check out the application. They've made it rather accessible. They also have information if you need help with the application. So make sure you guys are checking that out. And of course, this weekend looks like it's coming up tomorrow. Pure Sounds in the building. Converge will be on site. Myself, Basa Gordon, and G Prez will all be present for this amazing free concert Friends of Waterfront is putting on with Pure Sounds. Um, love that I'll get to see Shada Shepard on stage doing her thing, my girl. So I'm so excited that they have included the Converge family there. This partnership with Friends of Waterfront has been very fruitful. We thank all of y'all over there at the Friends of Waterfront for understanding that, you know, hey, Converge is a great partner when it comes to making sure we can showcase all the great things that are going on there. So I'm so glad I'll be in the building with my fam. Um, of course, you guys, we I, I want to dive in right now with Miss Cynthia Brothers because all, almost always there's so much to talk about and we have so little time. So I'm so glad she's here. We're going to get right into it right now. Cynthia Brothers is in the studio with me on my couch. What's up, Cindy, bro? How hey, are you? Trey. So good to see you again. You, you too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a nice, cool Friday. Ooh, uh, but I, I'm vibes. like, let, you know, let's start the month off with what's going on in the city. Tell us about some of the things that you know and are hearing about out there. Yeah, so I'd love to share a couple of places that have unfortunately recently vanished. Um, the first I'll talk about is a place in Ballard, um, a longstanding Chinese-American restaurant and lounge called Golden City. 
Um, it opened in 1988 and it's kind of affectionately called uh, Golden Shitty because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, um, you know, older and kind of diving run down. And um, I personally have a real soft spot for, um, yeah, your classic Chinese American lounge. Um, yeah, I mean, all the hallmarks of a great dive bar, um, cheap, stiff drinks, really colorful cast of characters and regulars, super friendly people. Um, so yeah, it's been described as like one of uh, Ballard's last true dive bars. And I got to, um, it just closed last week, I believe. And I went and stopped by a few days before that and it did not disappoint. <laughs> um, I think someone randomly just like invited me to a cookout within a couple minutes of talking to them. So yeah, really friendly, awesome folks. I know um, people are sad to see it go. Um, apparently they wanted to extend a five-year lease and the landlord could, the landlord only offered them one year. So they're just, yeah, going to have to close. And I think there's about um, 10 people that work at Golden City, some of them for 30 or more years. And yeah, I guess they're going to be out of a job after this. But um, yeah, a spot that a lot of people have memories of, hazy memories. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a old Seattle classic that's gone away. There it is once again. And it's it's interesting because every time you're on, we hear a recurring theme here, you know, around the landlord, right, of these mm -hmm. spaces. It's like, do they not understand the heart? Because you, you can't really, I mean, you can get a new space in there, but you can't replace like what people are used to. And there's something so special about that when we think about what makes cities eclectic. What's the next space you have coming up? Yeah, so um, the next uh, spot is in Belltown and it was recently demolished. It's the IBU Local 46 Union Hall, um, which is the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Um, this was built in 1949, I believe, and it was their headquarters. Although, you know, folks may know that um, Seattle was, has long been a stronghold of the labor movement and labor history, especially post-World War, around the turn of... Um, yeah, in like the, the 40s and the IBU history, the local chapter actually goes back to 1901 um, when it was uh, founded. So, um, yeah, just a big union hall, a lot of meetings, a lot of worker solidarity. Um, they moved their headquarters to Kent in 2004, and then it was occupied by a church or bought by a church formerly called City Church and then Church Home. Um and also in 2001, the Vera Project, they got their start there, the nonprofit yeah. all ages um, organization. And they put on shows there, a lot of legendary shows from about 2001 to 2002 in the basement. And um, uh, they were very active in overturning the teen dance ordinance. Um, and I, putting on those shows and kind of building that youth movement and being able to do so in that space is really you know, integral to that. Um, so basically, yeah, that was demolished, I think, in late July. And there's something interesting about landmarking that churches in the state of Washington, um, they have to provide their consent to get a landmark. So a lot of times um, you'll see churches will get a demolition permit and then they'll sell it to a developer because the minute it goes into non-religious entities' hands, someone can file for a landmark application. So that's kind of like, <laughs> like a loophole or a way to get around that. So um, when I posted about this, just got a ton of comments, both from 
um, music fans and folks who've been to shows there, but also people who worship there and, you know, found community um, and people who've also been to labor organizing and labor meetings. Um, and so supposedly that's going to become a 15 story um, luxury tower. So just to kind of see the way that this kind of moves through and corresponds with the history of Seattle. So uh-huh. yeah, kind of a bummer. Well, another luxury tower, you know, this is something for me where I'm just like, I mean, really, you know, I don't know how many of those we need in the city. We are talking about affordability in the city and that being a major space would have been uh, could have been utilized for so many different things. And I'm sure uh, many of us Seattleites could see something very different in that space. And also, too, I mean, you're, you know, like I just was saying, you can't replace certain things. There's culture and vibrancy. And you're talking mm-hmm. about this real sense of community and the one thing that we see with a lot of these high-rise buildings and things like that, they don't build a sense of community. They just don't. I've talked to residents inside of these spaces. They're like, you know what? This is this, you know, we all have these luxury units, but we we don't know our neighbors like that. There's no connection to the people that are in this building. Um, maybe there's some relationship with some of the staff if they're working with, you know, lobby folks and they have to, you know, get certain packages delivered. Maybe there's some communication there, but it's it's minimal compared to what I think a lot of our more historic spaces provided. That yeah. loss is serious to the city, Cynthia. Yeah, I think it's a really unfortunate case where this is a space that um, could have and probably should have been landmarked and it could have been repurposed, um, continued as a community use. You also see landmark buildings that also serve um, multiple functions that they're housing as well as um yeah, community gathering places and centers. So it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of history loss there, but also an opportunity for it to continue to function as a community space that was lost as well. Yeah, that's a double loss right there. Well, uh, up next, I see we have Kid Valley on the list here. This is uh, one of my childhood favorites. What's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, this is a local classic. Um, I was surprised to learn that um, for some reason, I thought the Kid Valley that's close to kind of Woodland Park, Green Lake area was the first one. But this one in the um, kind of up from U Village is actually the first one, that really small one. It was founded in 1976, I believe. Um, the building goes back to the 30s. It was a, um, a gas station and then it was a Dairy Delight. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have memories of Kid Valley. You know, I personally love their onion rings and their <laughs> fried mushrooms. Um, yeah, this was just, this, you know, again, a spot where a lot of people have, you know, memories of just going with family or friends. A lot of, you know, UW students went there. Um, yeah, they were, I think from their official announcement, they did get bought out by Ivers, I think, in the late 80s. And they didn't seem like they changed a whole lot. Um but they're saying that this location would have required a rebuild or a remodel and it wasn't something that was feasible for them. So, um, but there, luckily there's still other locations in Green Lake and Kenmore and in the stadiums. Um, so people can still get their <laughs> Kid Valley fix. And the, the history of the logo, the Burger Babe, which is no longer around, is very interesting. I did some digging around that. And that um, when they had the Burger Babe sign, um, they were in the process of switching that out in the 90s because it came a little became a little controversial. And someone actually stole that sign that was in the university location. And um, it was it was kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> and so they offered a, a reward of 
Um, I think it was like a lifetime of burger and shake and fries for whoever returned it. No questions asked. And so um, uh, a group that called themselves the Maple Leaf Militia returned it in the parking lot with an apology note. <laughs> so oh, wow. it did come back and the sign got donated to Mohai. But then there was kind of this resurgence of... Um, yeah, of the of the burger babe imagery, and there are some pageants held to be the next burger babe. So it's just I don't know, like kind of weird, like quirky local humor. But I love finding stuff like that when I'm looking into these places. Well, th this is what I'm talking about. I mean, you really only get that with some of those historic spaces. You don't hear about these kind of stories with these like statue buildings that get put up. And you know, one of the things that I think is also a huge loss is unfortunately a lot of the developers will just pay the fine if we're not actually occupying the commercial space that they build on the bottom mm -hmm. because it doesn't actually, they don't want to build affordability into that space. Um, you, you think about something of what, you know, Office of Economic Development is doing to try to occupy some of these spaces, but oftentimes those buildings are not a part of that, you know, right? So there's a lot to be said here in terms mm -hmm. of my feelings about loss of all of this kind of eclectic cultural kind of community things that are going on. I, I didn't know anything about the burger babe mm -hmm. but as a young person i mean that was the spot to go and you're talking about i i was like raised in uh the university district like when my mm -hmm. mom was going mm -hmm. to uw so that was the kid yeah. valley we would frequent right and so it's just one of those things where um i i used to have we used to have these debates about what is it is it kid valley or is it burger master yeah. we go, <laughs> go back and forth because that was what we were around you know what i mm -hmm. mean before we uh came back to the central district so i just i have fond memories of of that particular location. And, you know, I do know there's one in Kulon. So, you know, <laughs> Renton is probably the closest one to me now. But, you know, the fact that we can still enjoy the food is great. It's just uh, what a loss uh, also, mm -hmm. too, because that that specific one was historic in its own right. What's up next? Yeah. So I like to, you know, to balance out, you know, the bum out stuff <laughs> I like yeah. to include some uh, you know, more positive news, um, like on the not vanishing front, for example. Um, so Central Saloon, which is in Pioneer Square, right down the street. Um, some really uh, encouraging news there and that they're going to be sticking around for much longer. Um, so that building goes back to, I believe, 1892. And it's been called the Central Tavern or Central Saloon, Central something since, I, I think, 1907. Um, and the building was put up for sale, um, but I think there was something in the lease which gave them kind of like a, a first chance at buying the building um, if they were able to. So the longtime um, owner, I think he's owned it for 30 something years and his business partner were able to purchase it. Um, and I think that the purchase price was like 2.75 million. And it's interesting because it's located in the Pioneer Square Historic Preservation District, mm -hmm. the price is more attainable. I mean, not like $3 million is anything yeah. to sneeze at, but yeah. it's it's kind of lower than what it might have fetched if it were able to be zoned um, for very uh, tall height or encouraging speculation by developers that usually fetches like a higher um, sales price. So they were able to buy it and they're you know basically going to keep it in community as a place to continue to support um, the local music scene, very historic space, um, had a seminal part in 
metal and grunge. Um, Nirvana played their first, I think maybe their first Seattle show there and was discovered by Sub Pop that released their debut album. Um, Bam Bam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, you name it, just like a very historic space, but is also accessible to new and upcoming and emerging bands. So it's just nice to see that continuity of people who have been the longtime stewards of the venue are going to be able to continue that on because as we've seen places like Highway 99 Blues Club or other music venues around here, it's when they um, are displaced, oftentimes that means they just have to close altogether because it's so cost prohibitive and so hard to find um, a different space. Yeah, yeah. These spaces, that's why they're so unique. Um, and in my mind, I go that that's another reason that they have to be preserved. So I, you know, I love the the unvanishing stories. Mm-hmm. I love those, right, or not vanishing stories, because for me, that there's something so special about the resilience of, you know, these business owners who understand, like, look, we were able to pull together a capital campaign, get the money we needed to stay here to cement, you know, the legacies that have been really born and bred here, mm-hmm. uh, which I just love, you know? Yeah. So I l- always love the balance. And yeah. I, I know we go through, we go, but you always bring us back up. <laughs> That's <laughs> some good that. news for once. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate that. And it looks like you have another uh, venue to share that's uh, pot on the upswing. Yeah, yeah. So this one, um, I kind of put in the unvanished category and it's the Benbow Room in West Seattle in the Admiral District. And uh, it's, Open in, I think, 1950 um, as the Admiral Benbow Inn. And it's like this nautical-themed uh, restaurant, kind of like diner and bar. Um, it had the same ownership under uh, Nasa Longmire f- uh, for over 50 years. Um, but it was a place that became the clubhouse for the Seafarer Pirates. Um, Charlie Chong ran his um, city council campaign out of there. A lot of politicians hung out there. Also, musicians and artists and just everyday people, um, it kind of turned into there was like a stage added in the last round of owners. So they had a lot of bands come through. So it was kind of this interesting like pirate, like punk dive bar. Um, I think Mud Honey filmed a music video there. Uh, so it's like got, apparently it's also haunted by um, a ghost who turns the water on in the women's bathroom, um, sift drinks, you know, very interesting decor, salty characters, just like a lot of interesting um, and rich stories that kind of just come with a place that's been around for so long and just all these like layers of history. Um, so yeah, it, it did close and went through a couple of iterations. It was the Vidiot Arcade Bar for a couple of years. And then recently reopened in July under the ownership of Brian Rossick and Mark Fuller, who also own some other um, kind of West Seattle um, bars and restaurants and institutions in the area. And just seems they're interested in kind of maintaining these neighborhood landmarks. Um, yeah, so they still have a lot of cool nautical themed stuff, <laughs> pull tabs and nachos and hot dogs. And they've also... Um, yeah, they've got kind of a cool like uh, musical program too, where they bring in um, DJs for different days of the week from soul to yacht rock um, to yeah, just you name it. So it's it's a cool space. I encourage folks to check it out. It's nice to see again, like the continuity of this longtime establishment for 
you know, future generations to enjoy. You know, that's what it takes, though, too, sometimes, right? It's like people that have the resources and the means to understand the importance of these spaces to keep them thriving, right? The fact that, you know, okay, it was gone. It was, we went through these different iterations, but there was this still, this longing for what once was, right? I love those kind of stories because honestly, they are a great reminder of why these spaces are so important. And, and what we can do anytime we can do something to bring something back with, you know, with full on full throttle and allowing these spaces to continue um, and building community is so mm-hmm. important. I always appreciate your, your connection to the ground. So much history, too in all of these spaces that you share every time you come on. Um, And I learned something and it's a great thing for me because even as a, a born and bred here in Seattle, there's a lot I just don't know about some of these cool spaces. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may frequent spaces and not understand the history of them. You know what what it means to you, right? And like your friend mm-hmm. group or your community. Oh, man, we go to this space. This has been the, the power hub for us, you know, right? Those kind of things. But as spaces shut down, sometimes those memories get lost and wash away with it. Right. So I love that this space was able to come back full throttle. Yeah. And thank you always for all the, the spaces that you're sharing with us and for taking us, you know, a little bit we have to talk about what's vanishing because it's real it's happening all over the city and really all over the nation we're seeing this in uh, mm-hmm. so many other states right? right we're all kind of going through these similar things but the fact that we also have this resilience to hold on to some of our spaces with that upswing you know i appreciate oh, that <laughs> thank you so much Trey. Yeah, i just appreciate you you know inviting me on to nerd out about this stuff i mean that's my favorite part too is getting to learn about these places that are vanishing and still around and there's just you know like i said so much rich, rich history and layers and so it's just um thank you for inviting me on so we can you know share it with folks because there's a lot there that's right we got to dive into these dives and all these other spaces like (laughs) every time we we end and we're like where are we going you know where when are we going to go somewhere you know what i'm always down you got my number we'll make it happen make sure you look right there and let folks know how they can find you yeah so um feel free to hit me up at vanishing seattle on instagram and facebook um i get a lot of great information, tips, stories, pictures from y'all out there in the city and the community. I definitely welcome that. Um, so yeah, just find me at Vanishing Seattle on all the on the socials. <laughs> there it is. Vanishing Seattle in the building. Thank you so much for your work and for keeping us informed right here on the day with Trey. So we don't miss out on some of these spaces that we can frequent either before they're closing or as they reopen. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Trey. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, you guys. It's always a great time when Cynthia Brothers is on the show. I learned so much. I'm sure y'all do too because it's like, who knows all about this history? I get to check in with my girl every month to learn more. So I'm so glad that she was here. But you guys, guess what? I got a special surprise guest in the building after this short break. You guys do not want to miss this. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, y'all. My name is Nicole Harvey, and I proudly serve as the Director of Community and Family Engagement at Seattle Jazz Ed. And I'm here to let y'all know that we're getting to launch our fall programming the first week of October. So if you're a student or you know a student between the grades 4 through 12 that is interested in playing music, whether they're a beginner or they've been playing for a long time, we have saved a seat for you. 
For more information, please visit our website at www.seattlejazzed.org. All of our programs and classes are offered on a sliding scale tuition policy, which means that families get to choose what they pay, no questions asked. We also have free loaner instruments available for every student to use. If you have questions, you're welcome to contact us via email or by phone at programs at seattlejazzed.org or 206-324-5299. Basically, fam, believe in giving. Like, we have to be willing to give more, and people seem to always think giving means money, but nah, bro. It's like you can give time, you can give understanding, you can give access, you can give a listening ear and an open heart. You can give and share your God-given gifts and talents, but you just got to give. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Sorry, I'm just over here talking. Uh, Cuddy, you didn't let me know. No, it's all good. <laughs> I'm not going to blame the director. But you know what? My girl is in the building, y'all, and I'm so excited. I haven't been able to tap in with her for a while. T-Dub, our queen of Converge. Hey, what up, T-Dub? What up, Converge? What up, Trey? What up, I love when you just pop through, you know what you I'm know. saying? I'm like, surprise guest, we got it. But you know what? Absolutely. I know you're coming with some updates. You got a lot going on. Man, so much going on. And I first want to say thank you to Cynthia and Vanishing Seattle for the work that they do. It's so important as people from Seattle that we take an active role in making sure that our history gets passed on in a way that feels you know, fulfilling for us, like, because there's so much vanishing, there's so much that feels like it's being taken away, like being able to take an active role in that is super important. So shout out to Vanishing Seattle on that. But yes, I got a lot going on. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, we, we love when you come through, just like Cindy, bro, that's my girl. You come through and yes. you give us a bunch of stuff that's going on that yeah. I don't know about either. What's Real. going on? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as always, art is always happening in Seattle and it is a great time for art in Seattle. Um, I had the opportunity to tap in with my bro, Barry Johnson. He actually just finished his residency at Amazon. Um, he did an amazing show um, with the time that he had there. He made some super, super dope art. So I got to go check him out. I like snuck in there in the last minute of his showing, got to see all the things that he's been working on. So shout out to Barry Johnson. And then last night, the bro. The guy, Moses' son, opened his show, 21 Chambers, at the J. Reinhardt Gallery. And you guys need to go see this show. I mean, this work is absolutely fantastic. Like, if you know anything about Moses' style, it's incredibly abstract. It's very detailed, but it's also very deep in the subject matter. Like, he really gives up of himself in ways that you don't really see a lot of artists do. Um, but he put together an amazing show. Again, it's at J. Reinhardt in Pioneer Square. It's open now, I think, through the month. So make sure that you find an opportunity to go tap in because it is something that is not to be missed. See, there we go. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's so many great things going on in our yeah. city. And, you know, I, I want to break down the misnomer that it's all happening in the summer. Right. I'm like, man, there's so many things going on all throughout the year. Right. And when you really tap into the heartbeat mm -hmm. of, of the city and the heartbeat of what we have going on, particularly here in Western Washington, right. we see that there is an explosion of creativity and it's culture huge. that that's thriving in our communities all yeah. the time. So I love hearing about this show. Definitely, oh my gosh. Definitely. Oh, what else you got? Yeah. So, I mean, our walk was popping last night. I got an opportunity to see a few shows last night. And again, like you said, like being able to tap into that culture and be like, Hey, we're actually, we're doing all right. We got, we got some dope stuff happening here. Um, I also got to tap in with sis Tarika waters at martyr sauce. She just put together a super dope, um, you know, installation. Of course, she's got all the big pieces and the, the vibrancy 
in the color. So shouts out to Sharika um, on Martyr Sauce and all the things they have going on there. Um, what else? <laughs> you know what? I just I love it because uh, this is again I learned so much. Yeah. Um, and as I'm like working to give, I've just been kind of in my my family shell, right? Recently, of course, but I'm of course. You, I love knowing that there's things for me to get back into right, whenever right. I'm ready to tap in, right? For sure. And that's for all of us. I think as we go through different times in our lives and we take different times for ourselves, because yeah. that's a, a big lesson for me, Absolutely. right? But I love all of the things that are going on. And you know what? I love too that I could just get to get to call up my girl T Dub yep, or Cindy yep. Girl and be like, what, what am I missing? What you do know, I need to go tonight? Yeah. Like that's a great thing because for you guys sure. are so plugged into all the things. But Gotta you, be. I also see you're representing the Centennial shirt. You, you know. were clearly out there. Yes. I missed it all. Tell yes. me about your experience. Oh man, the Centennial was so great. And so if you guys who don't know, I am a Garfield grad. Woo-hoo. Most of the people in my family went to Garfield. Um, so that's definitely like tradition for our family. But we celebrated a hundred years. We finally got to celebrate a hundred years right. of Garfield High School. You know, I got canceled the last two because of COVID and you know those protocols. But man, the the folks, the GHS, the Bulldogs, the True Dogs, they really showed up this past weekend. It was such a beautiful event. So many speakers. I think Quincy Jones tapped in virtually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor was there. The new principal, um, vice superintendent previous principal, Ted Howard. So it was like star studded, you know what I mean? All the folks was there, every class from like 50 to now, like it was just a really, really beautiful culmination of that community of the Garfield, the purple and white. And we really came to represent. And of course I was also there doing double duty um, for the GSB. Yeah. So the GSB Garfield Superblock Project had a table there and we were letting the folks know, letting community know about what's going on with the Garfield Superblock Project, which has also been, you know, an incredible thing for me to be a part of. It is so fascinating. Yeah. And you know what? I, I got my ear to the ground on that one. You know, being a part of the coalition has been yeah. really an amazing thing for me because the one thing about development projects in any right, whether it's public space or private space or community space, mm-hmm. you, you, you see it. Yes. You know, when this is done, it's like, Oh my gosh, all those weeks of, you know, planning and meetings and right. showing up and visualizing it and yeah. working with architects to make it happen, working with you and the artist team. Yes. Like this is the, when we see it, mm-hmm. it's like, this is what we've been saying community that we're bringing out to the public. Right. You know, I recently had got to have that experience. Uh, with the William Grow Center. They finally right. put the sign yes. up right there. Oh Shout my goodness. And, and, I, and I was with Dr. Mims and we and we were passing by there and I was like, oh my gosh, the sign is up I with did the William Grosser's thing. face. Yes. And just, I mean, you know, it gave me so much life, mm-hmm. you know, T-Dub. It's, this for me is as we talk about spaces that are vanishing, right. as we think about the changing demographics of our city, mm-hmm. the fact that we still have these efforts to keep culture and history and legacy alive. Exactly. Just like Garfield has done for so many of us. Right. It represents something Absolutely. that can't be replaced. Yes. And so I love being able to think about new spaces that'll do just that in their own right. So yes. I'm so glad you were able to pop yeah, in on yeah. us today on this uh, yeah. first Friday of September. And you also, well, we've been showing it, you know, the Black artists you should know. Just tell yes. us a little bit about that before I let you go. Of course, of course. So as you know, we're in development for season two of Art of the Matter. So make sure you stay tuned in to convert when that happens. But in the meantime, we're going to revisit some of the artists that we got to feature in season one through Black Artists You Should Know. So we got a first week. Uh, we featured Moses' son, of course, and we got to tap in with him and get let you guys know what's going on in his life sin- 
since his episode. Um, obviously, the show 21 Chambers is, is the biggest thing up to date, but we'll be tapping in for the next um, eight weeks um, with some of the artists that were featured on season one. So we'll be doing a feature every Monday. So make sure you hit up Converge Media's website where we converge for, for that. Oh, yeah, man, there it is right there. You stay busy. I don't you care. Know. Hey, hands in all the pots. Man, T-Dub, thank you so much for Absolutely. tapping in with me today. I want to make sure you give folks a chance. If they're not already tapped in with you, T-Dub, how do they do so? Come on now. You know, I'll be in the streets. We outside. Okay. <laughs> but yes, definitely hit me up on Instagram at T-Dub Customs. You can also tap in with me on Instagram at Art of the Matter. Um, you can also tap in with me on Instagram at The Resole 206. Yes, you know, right. that's the biggest thing that I got going on with the art. People keep asking me like what, what when's your next show what are you going to do with the art like that is my focus i'm building a store so that is my focus so if you guys want to help out with that definitely tap in with the resale 206 um hit me up on instagram i'm always on there and i'm always on converge yay absolutely t-dub thank you so much for being thank with you me for having me Oh, amazing amazing <laughs> you guys we got one more break for you and after uh we cut what? Oh, I was making sure. Okay, we got one more break. We're going to come back and just do a quick recap after this. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Basa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And you guys saw it right there. Of course, coming up tomorrow night at 10 p.m., Weird Ad Night is on Converge Media. And I'm so excited. You guys have no idea how much fun it is to be a part of the cast of Weird Ad Night and be a part of the Wannaverse. Your girl, Trey Holiday, is there as the voice of truth uh, in the Wannaverse. And I got to participate in this upcoming episode. I'm so excited because you guys, the storylines, the plots, they are so full of creativity and fun, fantastical weirdness. I absolutely enjoy uh, working with all of them. I just want to give them a huge shout out for including me in the weirdness. I have been wanting to be a part of it. And now I really, I really am fully a part of it and have been able to participate in several episodes. So make sure you guys check that out tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Of course, you guys can check out a couple more of us Converge crew at Pier Sounds also happening tomorrow. You guys will find us right there on the pier. Friends of Waterfront being intentional to bring more and more culturally uh, relevant events to the pier, opening it up for everybody. And if y'all want to check out the amazing, amazing talent that is Shayna Shepard, y'all are going to to be in the building tomorrow. I can't wait to be there with all of the community coming out and showing love for these amazing acts that we have right here in our city. If we don't show them love, who will? And of course, I got to give a huge shout out to my guest today, Miss Cynthia Brothers, my girl, and T-Dub, our queen of Converge, just popping in on us like that. I loved it. Y'all didn't know who was the surprise, but she came through. And I'm so glad because both of them are doing their jobs to see themselves as a part of the solution. The reason why I say this every day, y'all, is because it doesn't matter what it looks like. It can have whatever you, whatever you love, whatever you think, you know, needs to happen. 
is going to be helpful. Here it is. You know, Cynthia said, look, all these spaces are closing. We need to be capturing this. And boom, Vanishing Seattle was born. And it has just exploded because so many of us are learning about these spaces through the Vanishing Seattle platform. T-Dub knew that she was an artist from a young age and has been dedicating her artistry to the city of Seattle and beyond. You know, not only doing these amazing art installations and collaborations with other artists, but also taking it to another level with the Resol 206. It's going to be our very own dry cleaner for sneakers, y'all. And that's our girl T-Dub seeing herself as a part of the solution. So of course, y'all know, I want you to be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution. Me being a part of the solution is bringing on dope folks like that on this show so that y'all can learn. And also we can tap into the brilliance that's happening in our community. Please do your part to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until Monday at 11 a.m., peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.